Because of the uh, placement of the international date line, every day in our world begins in the tiny Chatham Islands, about 400 miles off the coast of New Zealand. So think about that. Believers in that place, each and every day, are the first ones who have the privilege of saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And when today, this Sunday, began in the Chatham Islands, well, what did the followers of Jesus do? They, they did what we're doing. They came to church. They sang, they worshipped, they prayed, and they celebrated communion. And as this day, this Sunday, has moved across the globe, moving from time zone to time zone, believers in every land have gathered to worship and to hear the word of God and to share communion together. I love the fact that the church of Jesus Christ consists of an amazing diversity of peoples and cultures and customs and languages. In many places, we sing different songs and we have different worship practices. And yet, all Christians at some point make communion part of their worship because communion is a vivid reminder of the mercy of God. The mercy of God that enables us to live as children of God. And communion, communion is so many things. But one of the things that communion represents, it is, it is one of the great uniting elements of our worldwide faith. And here's something to think about. When Jesus created this worship experience of communion, he did it in a land where bread and grapes were plentiful. And then something interesting happened. Christians took Jesus seriously when he said, go and make disciples of all nations. So believers carried God's good news around the world and they helped all kinds of different people find new life through Jesus. And as a result, churches have been started in many places where the typical elements of communion simply are not available. So what do you do if you're a faithful Christian? You want to celebrate communion and you live in a land where there's no grapes and where people don't break bread. In such places, in a desire to not miss out on a joyful experience of communion, believers have used whatever local items they can acquire to be sure that they, like all Christians, can participate in this special act of worship. This time of communion where we remember and honor Jesus. And over the years, I've collected a rather interesting list of some of the different items that are used for communion worship by Christians around the world. And here's just a few. In some Asian lands, you will eat a rice cake instead of eating bread. In Nepal, you will drink juice that is green, not red, because that's the color of juice produced by the local grapes. In Togo, the fruit of the vine won't be served in a plastic cup like we use. It will be served in a hollowed-out calabash gourd. And in Samoa which is the land where each day ends in our world based on the international dateline. In Samoa, you just might have a very distinctive communion experience. Because in some Samoan churches, as the minister recites those very familiar words of Jesus, this is my body broken for you, he holds up a coconut. And then he slices it with a machete. And then the congregation drinks the coconut milk and eats the meat 
of the coconut. And the list goes on. Sweet potatoes, pineapple juice, banana juice, milk mixed with honey and more. Followers of Jesus in every land have creatively used whatever is available in order to create for themselves a meaningful moment of communion with Jesus. Because Jesus is the focus of communion. And wherever we do this, and however we do this, we do it to remember his broken body and his shed blood. And we do this to honor him and to thank him. That's why this very special act of worship unites Christians across the globe each and every Sunday. This morning, we're focusing specifically on global outreach. And because the Church of Jesus Christ has been faithfully fulfilling our mission for the last 2,000 years, we can rejoice that communion is celebrated continually every Sunday in every time zone around the world from the Chatham Islands to Samoa. Because the good news keeps going forth and taking root in new places so that people can worship Jesus. This morning, as we share in a time of communion together, as we reflect on the meaning of Christ in our lives, let's remember also that the good news of Jesus is what draws diverse people together. And it's only through Jesus that we are able to live together as one family in peace. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we acknowledge you as our heavenly Father. We acknowledge you as the Father of all who love Jesus in every land across the globe. And on this Sunday, this Lord's Day, we stand united with other believers as we share in communion together. We affirm the prayer that Jesus offered on the last night of his life, his prayer that we, your people, would be united, that we would be one. And it's our deep desire that our unity would be a witness to the world of the way that your love transforms us. And so we affirm that we are one church, one body across this globe, even though we speak different languages and have different ways of worship. We are one because of Jesus, the Jesus who died for us and who rose for us. And as we eat and as we drink, we do so remembering the special promise from Jesus that one day all of your children from every nation on earth will be gathered together in the heavenly kingdom. And on that day, we will celebrate this meal together with Jesus as one family together for eternity. And oh, oh, we long for that day, Lord. And until then, may we live each day as thankful, grateful followers of Jesus. The Jesus whose death and resurrection we commemorate now as we celebrate communion together. We pray this in his name. Amen. And now as we focus on global outreach, we want to highlight one of the missions organizations that we together support as a church. Language and Teaching Ministries, or LATM for short. And LATM supports churches and ministry leaders and believers by translating and distributing printed resources, Bible study books, commentaries, textbooks, devotionals, and more. They get those translated and distributed to parts of the world where Christian books often are not available. Our missionaries with LATM are Doug and Carol Reed, and 
Doug was discipled in the faith in this church. He has deep roots here at Gardenway, and he and Carol have faithfully served in missions for many, many years. We're going to watch a short video where we're going to hear from Doug. We're going to hear from Carl Halverson, who is the executive director of LATM. We're going to also hear from Dr. Ajay Lal, who is a church leader in India, whose life and ministry have been enriched by the work of LATM. So please turn your attention to the screen. I thank God to get to work with you to reach the world for Christ. You encourage us, and I hope that your ministry through LATM gives you a sense of accomplishment. And personally, let me say that Carol and I are glad to have you as friends in ministry. We admire you, we admire your faith and your efforts for Christ. As we continue to work together to publish books in heart languages, to meet the need for outreach and discipleship, Carl Halverson has joined us at LATM as incoming executive director. Carl, will you say some things to us? Sure. Thanks, by the way. Certainly. Yeah. Well, I wish we could meet face to face, but this will have to do for now. Uh, I know we all share the desire to get the knowledge of Jesus into the languages and lives of others around the world. We'd love you to watch this video of Ajay Lal in India. He's one of over 30 field partners with whom your church and LATM work to get the knowledge of Jesus into the lives of the people of India through Christ-centered books. How LATM has made the difference? CICM publication department without LATM is zero. <laughs> uh, I remember sitting with uh, Dr. Don DeWelt and Brother Chris DeWelt and, uh, and telling them uh, how significant need we have. I saw the urgency and importance. Besides that, I heard the voices of hundreds of evangelists crying. We, we need books, and they really don't know what to do. I know that the publication department of uh, Central India Christian Mission is the largest. We produce the largest number of Christian books. There are at least 12 Bible colleges. They are using our books. We have a Sunday school curriculum. We have a pictorial Bible for the children. And through pictorial Bible, a lot of people are learning how to read and write. Those people in the villages and tribal areas. Uh, you have uh, been a strong partner, uh, not only funding that, but also challenging us, reminding us repeatedly that how significant and important uh, this, these books can be for the generations to come, for the churches to grow. So LATM has been source of inspiration and uh, significant, significant partners in, in, in the work of the Lord in India and in the surrounding countries. Thank you so much, my brother. I have no words to express my gratitude uh, only eternity will reveal uh, the, the results of the ministry of LATM. Uh, may God bless you, sir. Uh, we thank God for you and for your ministry every day. Thank you. What you've just... <laughs> what happened? Okay, the video cut out a little earlier. It was just a little postscript there from Doug and Carl, but you got the gist of it. 
And I'm very excited about the ministry of LATM. It is a vital, essential, necessary, critical ministry. You and I have the privilege of supporting LATM with our finances and our prayers. Because it's a tangible way for us to support the mission that we've been given by Jesus. A mission that he clearly laid out in two key Bible passages. The first one in Matthew chapter 28 where Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The second one is in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, my representatives, Jesus said in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We take that mission very seriously here at Gardenway. And through our church missions committee, we strategically invest in ministries beyond our church that help us reach out locally and regionally and globally. Every week we take 13.5% of our general fund offerings and we direct those funds toward missions. And we need to remember that even now in this time of pandemic, missionary activity is continuing. So it's vital for us to keep supporting these ministries that are reaching people far from God and drawing them to Jesus. And I hope you will continue to give generously to our church so that we can continue to give generously to missions. Right now, we want to take a couple of minutes and silently pray together for the ministries we support that engage in global outreach. And so on the screen here, we have a list of six specific missionaries. Now, we support other people. We support local and regional ministries as well. But our focus this morning is on these global cross-cultural efforts. And we have Iran and Jackie Whistler, who are doing Bible translation. Dandenia Punya, who is doing something very interesting. She's connected to an organization called the Barefoot Doctors. And they send people out into remote villages and they do health care and meet people's practical needs and build relationships and use that as a springboard to earn trust where they can share the good news of Jesus. Nick and Lindell Adams working down in Zimbabwe. Nick is there at the Bible College. He's training students and pastors and equipping them for evangelism and ministry. Keith and Kathy Ham have an amazingly diverse ministry in the Mathari slum in Nairobi. It's the third largest slum, only the third largest, and it's about a million people. And they have a multifaceted ministry of healthcare and meeting practical needs and schooling and microloans and all kinds of things, and ultimately trying to proclaim the good news of Jesus. Stephen Becky Overland care for frontline missionaries. Being a missionary is not easy. It is stressful, demanding work. And Steve and Becky go all over the world to train and support, encourage and pray for missionaries to keep them supported and equipped for the tasks that they do. And then we just heard from Doug Reed, he and his wife Carol doing that critical work through LATM. And we deeply value these people. We consider it a privilege to stand with them with our finances and our prayers. And this morning, we wanna, we wanna pray for them. We're going to spend a couple of minutes together in silent prayer. And I'd like us to pray that in the midst of the pandemic, that each of these people, each of these ministries would find creative ways to continue to reach out with the loving and life-changing message of Jesus. Here's how I'd like to do this. If you are on this side of the room, please pray silently for the top three. And if you're on this side of the room, please pray silently 
for the bottom three. And let us pray together, uniting our hearts and our minds in prayer for these people and the vital work that they're doing. And let's now pray silently for two or three minutes. Please join me. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for these faithful men and women who are helping to reach the world for Christ. And we ask that you would give them physical and emotional and spiritual strength for the work that they do, particularly in this crazy season. And we pray that their efforts would bear fruit. And that because of the work they do, we pray that more and more people would be drawn into your family. And we consider it a great privilege to support their work with our prayers and our finances. And may we faithfully continue to do so for the sake of Jesus and the kingdom of God. We pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen.